Ladies and gentlemen, please notice that exits are conveniently located at the front and rear of this auditorium. When leaving the theater, we suggest that the exit at the front of the auditorium will allow you easier access to the parking areas. Thank you. Hi, I'm Mike Field. And I'm Mike Butler. And you're listening to Forgotten Cinema now showing. So we're doing a, something different today. We're going to do a bonus episode of a film that is new. That's, uh, well, fairly new. Mm-hmm. It's not like our Forgotten Cinema where we look back and kind of break down what we like about the movie and don't like. Um, if you're into Forgotten Cinema, please feel free to visit our other episodes. So we did this now showing episode once before. We did it for a movie called Maserati. And we were approached again by Tricos Entertainment for a second movie. And of course, we agreed. So this movie that we're doing now is called Wow Signal. And I'm going to tell you right now, Butler, I never knew what the wow signal was. I had really I had never heard of it before this movie. So why don't you, I get it. So this documentary is about the wow signal, but I guess, why don't you let everybody know what, what the wow <laughs> signal is? So the wow signal was a signal uh, found by basically SETI observers or the early days of SETI, um, the search for extraterrestrial intelligence. Uh, they found a signal August 15th, 1977 using radio telescopes, observing obviously a part of the night sky, part of space. And it was a very powerful signal. 6EQUJ5. Right. Uh, which on a scale of 1 to 10, 10 being the highest, and then using letters, obviously the fact that they started using letters, this signal was huge, where yeah. most of the night sky puts out 1s and 2s. This signal was an incredibly powerful, single-time, short-burst signal that had never repeated. It's one of the most mysterious signals in the night sky that's ever happened, which basically tells a lot of observers and stuff that it could be extraterrestrial intelligence. The theory is that extraterrestrial intelligence, if they wanted to talk to us, would possibly be through radio signals that would reach us through a specific short burst radio frequency on a scale that was clearly purposeful and not constant like most other celestial objects. Yeah, that's all. We can we can go down that large rabbit hole if we want to about ET and, and whatnot. Right. So, so nobody, we probably don't want to. Yeah. So the wow signal, <laughs> once it was recorded, it got printed out in a sheet on this, that code. So astronomer Jerry Amen, or I think it's Amen, discovers the anomaly because right. he's supposed to be, he, he goes through the sheets and he, uh, after they, because uh, basically this thing is listening to the skies, listening to the radio waves because it's a radio telescope. A out right. The radio They're not waves. there looking at it. Yeah, yeah, right. So they he has to do it. He does that at home and this is where he, he finds it. Go ahead, Mike. Yeah, he finds it. Uh, the signal happens shortly after 11 p.m. on his sheet. He sees the signal. He circles it and writes the word wow next to it because it's an anomalous signal. Right. And that's kind of how the popularity grew. And from then on, people over the last, you know, 30, 40 years have been trying to figure out where did this signal come from? Um, was it extraterrestrial? Was it man-made? Was it a mistake? Was it celestial? Mm -hmm. And that's kind of what the documentary is about. Yeah. But the documentary also covers, you know, radio telescopes, the the birth of radio astronomy and what the SETI Institute's like today. It kind of goes off a little on a bunch of different tangents. It talks about SETI. It talks about, um, you know, just basically about the whole organization and what they do. Uh, it, It follows the intern uh, that the girl Ellie, Ellie who, yep. who makes dolls for the uh, the Green Bank, Green, the Bank? Green Bank facility, yeah. the observatory. So, and then it talks about just kind of it kind of goes into the project that the Russian billionaire and Stephen Hawking were doing, where they kind of gave money to they put money into Green Bank to kind of you know to show that it was saved, yeah, to basically to look for extraterrestrial life. 
So it kind of like, it's not just a, it is about the wow single, but it's also about a bunch of different other things. So I thought that was, I don't know, interesting kind of, I mean, how, how much can you do about the wow signal? I'm sure you can't just kind of focus on that. Cause then it's just going to be like consistent photos of the signal and the, and the, and the word and all that stuff. Basically. Yeah. Yeah. I guess my kind of going into this, like I said, I didn't know what well, I didn't know idea about the wow signal. I knew about SETI, you know, and I knew about, you know, the search for that and, and, just what they did, but I didn't know that like, you know, this signal was existed. I didn't know anything about this. So it was interesting to kind of learn all that, to mm-hmm. kind of to discover like just the, what went into it. And I do appreciate, cause I remember when we were going to first do this, I said, Hey, we're going to, this is what we're doing. And you, and the first thing you said was they just proved that. Right. And, and that's fine. But I do like that. They address that, that they do address some of the detractors to what they are what they're talking they about. They do. I mean, they clearly want they can't to not. They clearly want to just brush them off. Well, I mean, uh, within well, they, the documentary, they want us to keep believing, which I mean, trust me, I'm I'm an older guy. I want to believe. Mm-hmm. But I also when it came out a few years ago, they mentioned at the end that the pair of comets probably made it. The argument for that is actually far more compelling than just John Krause, the guy who created the telescope, said, Yeah, probably not though. Like of course he says that. But they said in the end of the movie it says it was disproved or wasn't proven or but the person that said it was the two comments. Yeah. But my other thing was, it, why couldn't it have, it could have been a spy satellite because here's the thing. Why would they tell you it was, Oh no. Why? If it was a spy satellite that nobody knows about, why would they admit to, Oh no guys, don't worry. That's a satellite. They would just be like, I keep thinking what you're thinking, whatever. You know what I mean? It could be something like that too. Yeah. But not that I'm trying to, not I would that I'm trying to say that this doesn't exist. I I'm think just, that's why they go to the Perk, the Perkins observatory. Right. I think they'd be able to see it in the night sky. Like, Hey, here's what we've not recorded. A spy satellite. I think you'd also know like from distance and sure. light and stuff like that, you'd see where it was in the night sky, mm-hmm. but who knows? Like, I don't know what they record in terms of like visually what right. was in the night sky at the time. All right. So would you say that this, cause the last one we did was the Maserati movie and I, I made the comment that that movie is probably more beneficial or terms of more interesting for people who love cars, mm-hmm. love those style of cars. I think you kind of have the same thing with this movie. Like if you're into astronomy if you're even if you're into like X-Files or into just kind of the unknown or I think this movie would appeal to you just to kind of see because it is talking about a, a pretty significant moment in uh, astronomical history, the wow signal, whether you believe it or not. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. It did create waves both ways. So I think this it is interesting just to kind of that. And I didn't realize again. I didn't realize this was in 1977. This one had happened like so I didn't realize that the big year knew nothing about that. Yeah. So. If you're interested in that, I think this would be something you should see, you should watch. It's true. I did think that its history on radio astronomy was really interesting. I like the way that it that's the approach it took to build up to the WAS signal. I've actually seen a couple of documentaries about the WAS signal before, and I've I've I knew about it. Mm-hmm. And I feel like a lot of people who would go looking for this would already know about the WAS signal. Mm-hmm. So I think the fact that they kind of they talk about the WAS signal, but they more talk about how it was found. The technology that went into finding the WAS signal was more interesting to me than the wow signal itself because they didn't put out any information to me in terms of the discovery that was new because they don't know what it is. Yeah. They found it after 11 p.m. on August 15, 1977, and it was a weird signal. Boom, done. Mm. So I thought what was interesting is I, I liked the idea of how they built the telescope because I'd never seen a telescope like how that about, before. How about when the telescope collapsed and they showed the, the telescope that was oh, the first ruined? Green I was like, how did that happen? Like, I wanted to know, like, how did that <laughs> collapse? Like, I was interested in that, but yeah, go ahead. Disrepair and stuff like that. that was, but, it was like destroyed. But when yeah. I think about telescopes and including the wow signal, that's what I thought they used. Mm-hmm. I had never seen like a telescope the big like year. that, the big year that was built with aluminum foil on the ground, like a football field size. And then the 
flat wall, uh, parabolic, and then the, yeah. the curved, and it bounces signal off into the uh, the scoop that mm-hmm. picked it up. I thought that was the most interesting part of the documentary, how they built that satellite. I thought it was, you know, it's too bad that obviously they plowed it in because they put the country code. But I thought the guy at the end who was showing, who was, hey, this is what it is. And he was basically saying, listen, it didn't work anymore. It was frozen. Right. It couldn't move. It And honestly, tech, it we're past that technology. So he was like, listen, I get it. It's a piece of history, but it, it, it served no purpose. I enjoyed that too. Like I, I, I was like, that's, that's like level headed. It's like, okay, thank yes. you. Yeah. Even though you were wearing rainbow suspenders. He wore that to show about the curvature. Of the <laughs> I know. <laughs> but yeah, I thought That's that was fine. funny. Uh, but yeah, I, I liked that kind of just, I liked that a lot of the scientists were just kind of, that they used were just kind of very level-headed, very matter-of-fact Absolutely. Even if the uh, director of the documentary maybe wanted them to go another way with it, I liked that they were sticking to their guns of, we don't know, we want to disprove. That's one of the but things. But I think that adds, I'm sorry, but that adds validity to that. Absolutely. Yeah. Is that you don't know what it is. And, and the first thing they tried to do when they got the signal was disprove it. Right. That's good science. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm all about believing in aliens. You know, I absolutely believe in aliens, first of all. Well, then you don't. That, that do one, I believe that, in that one dude in Probably, there, yeah. That one dude in there doesn't agree with you. Yeah. Uh, the people that believe that, I mean, I understand if you wanted to believe that we've never been visited. Sure. But to believe that in the vast universe, there's no intelligent life. That's It's, it's really tough. It's really tough to kind of a lot. I mean, I get it. We're not scientists, but I would think that scientists or people that look beyond the stars to see other life, they, they got to think that they are basing what life out there is like based upon what life is here. And it's like, exactly. you know, like we are a carbon based uh, people. Yeah. There are people that probably, there are people, there are species that probably live with different kind of base system, you know, whatever environment they're in. Exactly. Now, I, I agree with you. I, I, I don't know either way. Mm-hmm. But I think it's foolish to think that it's just us because then that's a little bit egotistical. Yes. But regardless of that. But that level headedness that mm-hmm. it's great because I also like like in ter- I believe in aliens, but I also I'd like to believe in ghosts because I think that's cool. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know if I do or not, but I, I enjoy one of the things I like is I used to watch the show uh, Taps mm-hmm. on Sci Fi Channel. Every episode was kind of boring because most of the episode was spent disproving everything because they wanted to find proof. They didn't want to just be like. Yeah. Oh man, that's totally a ghost. They were like, "Nope, that's an electrical signal. Mm-hmm. Your your circuit breaker is putting out so many EM, mm-hmm. like the EM readings off the charts. It's affecting your head, so you're starting to get nervous or freak out when you're next to something like that." But I I enjoy that take that using science to disprove it. Like when everything else has been crossed off the list. Mm-hmm. What's that great quote about how if uh, there's nothing possible, you have the, the impossible is the only thing that can be. Like I can't remember the quote. All right. So you're talking about Arthur Conan Doyle. Yes. So once, because Arthur Conan Doyle used to, before he wrote Sherlock Holmes or while he was writing Sherlock Holmes, uh, he used to debunk mysticism. He used to debunk uh, people that seance, people do seances. And he would say, once you eliminate the impossible, whatever remains, no matter how improbable, must be the truth. There you go. And that's also from Sherlock Holmes. So there you go. (laughs) Good old AC Doyle. Love that quote. And that's exactly what these scientists are doing. Like they want to believe. Sure. Steady wants to find aliens. Yeah. Real bad. Sure. But there's a reason that they haven't just come out and say we find aliens. And he, they find yeah. out and disprove it all. And he made that comment too that he said that there have been other signals that they have that have been significant, more significant than the wow signal, but they disproved because, you know, through whatever it was. And that was like that. He's like, for it was a stretch for like 16 hours where we thought that, you know, this was what it was. Right. Yeah. And it was like a satellite. And so it just happens, you know, he talks about how it's the wow signal is a triumph of branding over products. Absolutely. Because 
you know, there are other signals that are mysterious that they haven't been able to prove but, or disprove, but they don't have that great wow next to the name that right. really makes you go, ooh. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't have a signal going, you know, if the signal was just called 6EQUJ5, <laughs> <laughs> you're not going, oh man, I love 6EQUJ5. Yeah. So I will say that if anything, it, this movie does spark the conversation, which is what you want in a movie. You want it to spark a conversation. I like the Drake equation. The Drake equation, going in the Drake equation is really good. Well, the Drake equation is obviously, uh, he's one that really kind of tried to start the uh, scientists who actually started trying to start the actual scientific search for extraterrestrial life. And he had created an equation on here's what we need to look for, which was basically N equals R star times F P X N E times F L times F I times F C times L, which is basically galaxies that might be communicating are the rate of the star formations. How many stars form it can be created. How many stars have planets and the number of planets. Then you multiply that by the planets that might have life multiplied by the number that might have intelligent life. And then you multiply that by civilizations with technology times a lifetime of communicating civilization. So how long does a civilization that can communicate like us, how long do we last? Mm -hmm. And you can't really, some of that you can't figure out yet because we don't know all the answers and we don't know how many planets there are with life. We don't even know how many planets are in most solar systems yet. We haven't gotten a good idea, like a baseline, I don't think. We know that there are way more planets around stars than we originally thought, but we don't know exactly how many. We don't know anything. Yeah. So it's like a lot of this equation can't be figured out yet. So you can't just throw it out. You can't mm-hmm. just say, that ah, can't possibly be true. But until we figure that out, that equation mm-hmm. or the, the steps to it, we'll never figure out exactly. Well, maybe once we colonize the moon and then we put a giant radio telescope on the move pointing out. So there's no signals to be inter- interrupt, interrupted from Earth. There you, go. there you go. Of course, then they're probably going to put satellites around the moon. So then we'll be screwed. So yeah, there you go. That works. So, I mean, I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the information. I mean, but like maybe I'm just a nerd that I'm, I'm okay with getting information like that. You know, it's not really, they don't do a lot of, they do one kind of reenactment scene. Um, and that's when he writes the wow signal when he writes row down. Yeah. They don't really do well. It's just basically interviews and B roll footage, which is fine. It's just, it's not really a dynamic documentary. Right. In terms of kind of drip pulling the audience in. It's, Which, it's again, sorry. like with the Maserati one. Yeah. Maybe slightly shorter would have helped it. Well, this one's only 88 minutes. I think a documentary like this should be a little shorter and try to get on like the History Channel. Stuff, which I mentioned before. Yeah, yeah, I agree. The content is what's interesting. Mm-hmm. And that's going to that's going to bring people to the to the documentary. Right. Keeping them there is what's basically going into the documentary is probably you're right probably needs a little bit more uh whatever it needs maybe reenactments um eh, maybe not reenactments <laughs> but just you know it's basically just b-roll interview b-roll interview b-roll and they do i do appreciate them going off of going on tangents like i said talking about seti talking about the high school internelli kind of highlighting people that are Continuing the search. Right. Or affected by the wow signal. I mean, they talked to that one guy who was like doing it on his own in his house. And oh, because he's the author of books on the wow. Right. right. And, yeah. he, and he even I even appreciated his honesty at the end when he's like, look, I'm not uh, I'm paraphrasing. He's like, Look, I'm not a professional. I'm the only one still looking for it. But like, I'm not a professional. I don't know what I'm doing sometimes. So, I mean, I right. could be missing stuff. I, I do. I do appreciate the honesty of the people involved in it. 
So because it's not, they're not trying to sell me a bill of goods. They're just laying it out there, you know, as is, like you said, and they're being scientists. So I, I do like that. I like that a lot of people are also saying, you know, I'm doing this thing and I'm putting a lot of effort into something that within my lifetime, within the next 10 lifetimes might never be found, Mm -hmm. but we need to do it because we need to try because it's a good, it's a shot in the dark, but it's a great shot in the dark. Uh, Yeah. And I liked the, I would have probably liked to know more about the people involved with the wow signal, not just in terms of when it happened, but like why they wanted to be astronomers, what, what actually went into them, what inspired them to take this path. Right. And they were volunteers at that point Mm -hmm. when they found the signal. So what made them want to join the search for extraterrestrial Mm -hmm. intelligence? I thought would have been interesting. I do like that Ellie is like showcasing her as the future of, of the search. I thought that was interesting. I would have liked to have seen more about the other, some of the other signals, the wow signals competition, if it were. Gotcha. I would have liked to have just, just maybe a little bit more like that 16 hours thing, or even the couple that they didn't, they don't have answers for yet where he says they're just as mysterious as the wow signal. Right. You just brush up on a couple of those. Well, I think this is supposed to highlight just the what it set of off, it. right? What it set, what that kind of set off. Cause this was the first time that they recorded anything down that, you know, they, in terms of this kind of signal. Right. So, and I, it was, you know, like I said, it, they did do into the history of the radio telescopes and stuff like that. So that was pretty cool too. I like that their computer, uh, at, at, um, the big year had only 16 kilobytes of memory. <laughs> Quality. Did they have that new 56.6 uh, modem? 28.8. Oh, it's 28.8. <laughs> hear, it, hear it hum. Uh, that's, that's a hacker's reference for anybody out there. <laughs> so yeah, so just to wrap it up, um, I think it's definitely one. It's definitely interesting. It's definitely, if you're into astronomy, you should check it out. You should probably read up on the WAS signal. Like I should have probably read up on the WAS signal. Because I, like I said, I had no idea about it, which is actually pretty cool because I went into it like that going, oh my God, really? What is this? And then I was like, oh, wait, <laughs> I should point out, and I didn't point it out at the beginning, obviously Tricos Entertainment approached us on this, but they didn't no way pay us to do this. And right. just, uh, there's where this is our, these are our opinions. These are not shaded by anything other than the fact that we watched it and we told them we talk about it and that's what we're doing. So I just don't want you to think we're here. You know, it's not a propaganda machine going on over here. <laughs> uh, it's just, just, I should have said that in the beginning, but I'm saying it now. So, um. So check it out if you'd like. Uh, thanks for listening to this little bonus episode. If you are interested in our voices and what we think about other movies, we our other podcast is called Forgotten Cinema. And in that, we talk about movies that maybe were forgotten by audiences, whether it's a movie that didn't do well in its initial run for a variety of reasons. We just go back, kind of talk about who made it, what was what went around that movie in terms of uh, you know the production and the acting design, everything. We just talk about the movie. Um, we've done such movies as uh, The Nice Guys, Devil in a Blue Dress, Strange Days, Near Dark, Hudson Hawk. We are in our fourth season, so we're about to start our fourth season, mm-hmm. depending on when you listen to this. And uh, we're going strong. So, yeah, check us out. You can find us at ForgottenCinemaPodcast.com. Uh, we're on all the uh, socials, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook at Forgotten Cinema. And, uh, yeah, we did some commercials so you can see what we look like. I'm the tall one. So, uh, yeah, that's it. So, do you have anything else to add? Uh, if you're interested in finding the WoW signal and watching it, it uh, became available on January 21st, so not that long ago. It just came out. You can find it on FlixFling, Vimeo On Demand, Amazon, iTunes, Google Play, and more. All right, cool. So, check it out, guys. Thanks for listening. I'm Mike Fields. I'm Mike Butler. And this has been Forgotten Cinema, now showing. <laughs>